Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Owen at Cruise Consulting. And before we have this fantastic podcast with Sarah Schaff at Headnote, I want to just talk about a couple things. First of all, uh, Founders and Friends Podcast is brought to you by Cruise Consulting, the number one startup accounting firm in the world. We have 160 clients. We have 25 team members. Uh, we have, well, I don't know if I want to say mastered, but we've pretty much nailed the startup accounting process, taxes, monthly financials, valuation, helping you get on payroll, helping you get on benefits, anything you really need, we can do for you. So if you need something, give us a call, or if your friend uh, at a startup uh, might need a little help, we can really de-stress the situation. It's actually very rewarding, so give us a call. And secondly, this podcast is brought to you by Zenefits. Zenefits is your all-in-one HR uh, service in the cloud. They've virtualized everything, so your offer letters, your PTO tracking, even just getting your benefits and monitoring everything, all done in the cloud. Love it. Uh, syncs with a lot of different payroll systems. They have their own payroll system as well. Uh, but Cruise Consulting uses Zenefits. Really like it. Great people there. Great support. Uh, so thank you, Zenefits. And uh, I think that's it. Enjoy the podcast with Sarah. She's fantastic. And uh, that's it. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And our very special guest today is Sarah Schaff of Headnote. Welcome, Sarah. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. So Headnote is, this is, I'm super fired about this podcast because you have a really interesting background. You started the company based off an idea or a pain point you'd experienced. And there's also a giant pivot in the company's right. history. So we have a lot to talk about and your husband and wife team. <laughs> right. So this is like right up my alley. So this is going to be <laughs> awesome. Uh, do you mind just starting off and tell, tell the audience your background? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I'm an attorney by trade. I um, spent the majority of my life working in and around the legal industry. My folks both were attorneys that were entrepreneurs and I, it was the family business. Like that's what you did. Summers, vacation days, days off of school. You went and worked at a law firm. Were you a paralegal like for your parents? I was everything but a paralegal. Receptionist, messenger, file clerk, you name it. They were like, put us to work. That's awesome. And then I went to law school myself and enjoyed it tremendously. I've, I've since heard if you love law school, you don't like practicing, which I found <laughs> to be true. <laughs> I made my way kind of through the ranks until I was, you know, uh, at the legal department at Google and, and then decided to leave to to do something on my own, something big. Yeah. And maybe what what is that? What was the what is Headnote? So Headnote is um, kind of all of my life experience realized and together in one pretty package and it's um, essentially like Venmo for the legal industry so we have created one ubiquitous payment platform where everybody in the industry attorneys their clients all of the legal vendors that they work with can easily pay transact each with each other automate payment getting paid as a service provider is a real pain in the ass absolutely does it does it track time and things like that too or what are like what's kind of the the, the payment it's yeah. super important to talk about that, but what other mm -hmm. kind of functionality does it have? Yeah, so the payment is obviously super important. There's some massive kind of issues in our industry around the lawyer's need and requirement to have a trust account and an operating account, and, and trust accounts are not allowed on all major payment platforms, which I'm happy to, to talk about why, mm. but um, we essentially used FinTech to solve that solution, so now you can bring 100% of your payments online. The types of payments that go to trust accounts are like retainers, like any time oh. that you take a payment that you haven't yet earned, um, a fee in advance of any kind, you have to put it in your trust account. 
So we've created a really simple way for our lawyers to do both trust and operating accounts online, almost no behavior change. It also, we're building out the time tracking feature. Right now you can, you can use any other time tracker you're currently using with it. It automates the collection process, which is hugely, hugely important in our yeah. industry. Completely reduces the payment time, like 60 days to a matter of hours. And gives you real-time activity tracking for your clients, data about your AR over time. It's, Super cool. So I'm like foaming at the mouth right now. Yeah. We've actually started doing some stuff on our own where we use Stripe now and mm -hmm. things like that. But I feel – so we pay a lot of yeah. lawyers' bills for our clients. And I feel so bad for them because mm -hmm. they – I'll see the invoice will be like – like literally pay, their clients are paying February invoices right now. Yeah, and right. This is, this is – we're recording this in the middle of May. Right. So the February invoice comes out sometime in like late March. It sits around for two months and the client finally gets around to paying right. it. So the cash conversion cycle is like it's terrible. Three, it's, it's, it's horrendous. It's terrible. Yeah. I don't understand how they can even live. Like how do they pay their bills? Right. right? It's, it's really, it, it can be really hard, especially given that 75% of lawyers today are working at firms of 20 attorneys or less. There's more independence in small firms ever. They have, you know, less, uh, let, they have more need for that cash than, yeah. than large firms. They have less admin help to help them actually get paid faster. So it's like a massive, a massive issue. And if you're waiting that long to pay your attorney and they're using like a core reporter or a paralegal service or some other freelancer, they're now going to have to wait, you know, an additional 30 days after you pay to get paid. So we're yeah. looking at like 60 to 120, 180 payment day cycles. It's totally insane. Yeah. I and, and like the back office for this stuff must be just horrendous. Terrible. I don't know how. And then the other thing I've kind of found is the longer something goes unpaid, the more temptation there is on the entrepreneurs. God bless the entrepreneur, but <laughs> they have a tendency to try to renegotiate the mm -hmm. fee because it's mm -hmm. like, it's become abstracted right. to them. They don't even right. remember what that work exactly. was. They, they literally don't remember. That's part of what, what we're doing also on the, on the client side is that you, you know, usually get a bill at the end of the month or the project and you, you know, in the moment you needed that done. Like you will call an ASAP urgent and subject line, like lawyer, I have to have this done. This is massively important. And then when you get the bill, like four or six weeks later, you're like, what the hell? What was this? Like, I don't even remember this. You really needed it in the moment. You know, we're, you know, building tools that can help the client have real time transparency. You can actually approve charges when they're done. So oh, from the lawyer side, so there's smart. actually collection, um, a system of record for that collection history. Yeah. That's, trying to just speed it up and give everybody a little bit more transparency into what they're paying for when what's happening. That's huge. Do you do you guys handle the engagement letter stuff too? Like do they, can they do the engagement letter through your platform? Yeah, or? exactly. Oh. So we actually have just finished that feature. So you can templatize your own engagement letter because no lawyer wants to use one that's not their own. Change the field, send it out. It'll track that and do the retainer request. And then you can automate the process of getting that signed and engaged as well. I look forward to heading out for accountants. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. <laughs> this is all the things we need too. Uh, and even I was even laughing when I asked the engagement letter because when we, you're actually, I should also say uh, we're a proud investor in Headnote, yep. uh, Vanessa and I, and then also you're a client of Cruise Consulting. It's true. And when we were doing the engagement letter for Headnote and Cruise Consulting, <laughs> your lawyer was like really, really focused on some, I don't even remember what it I was. I forgot right? about that. Yeah. And so we had to turn the, the engagement letter like three times. I was like ready to shoot myself. I think you're ready to shoot yourself. I totally wanted to shoot and myself. it was like, I was like, what do, why are we doing this? And I, I've been thinking for a long time, we need to have our engagement letter like right. on a web form. You yeah. know, it just, it just would make things so much easier. I totally forgot about that. That yeah. was really, it's really yeah. funny. So, so it's an amazing product, clearly a need. I know there's a need because I, again, pay a lot of invoices yep. for lawyers, 
What's been the what's been the reaction as you went to market? The reaction's been fantastic. We have some incredibly passionate early users um, that are doing more than we thought they were going to do by now. Um, we have attorneys tracking to send a million dollars of invoices out themselves this year as solos. So we see a real need. Um, That's amazing. And we've had our users, you know, we're in beta and we're going to be launching soon publicly. We have over a million dollars of invoices that our users have sent out. So wow. they're using it. They like it. That's it's awesome. exciting. What's the feedback? Like, have they said anything specific or are they asking for more features like I, I would be or what are they yeah, it, it, That's the tough part, right? You always have to balance like, what are we going to actually build? What's the real need? What are we tying? What OKR for us are we tying this to? Like, what what is this actually going to help them with? The mom test, right? They all think they want it, but like, do you really want it? Would or you really use it? Do you test them like, be like, okay, we're happy to build that, but it's another like 1%. Yeah, or, you know, and absolutely. See what, how they react to that. Massive upsell opportunities. I mean, we're seeing some people who are in like, more cash-based practices, so like criminal lawyers, they get like wads of cash sometimes if they're like criminal defense attorney or um, certain areas of the law, they're just really more cash-based, immigration law than credit card or online. They're using the tool as, as a tracker, as a way to automate the process, kind of as, as in different ways than we anticipated. So it's been really interesting. In general, you know, they are paying us constantly because they just want more sooner. So yeah. it's a good, it makes us need to move faster and prioritize who we're going to respond to and how we're going to do those features, but they're engaged. You so have the, the greatest problem of a startup could ever have, which is people love it so much. They want more. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like most startups go through two years of trying to find right. what the pain point is and how to solve it. And the you guys product market fit. Quickly. Yeah. yeah. So now we have to keep up as you. So as you built the company, maybe talk. So we talk, kind of alluded, alluded to a pivot here. Like tell the whole story. Like <laughs> yeah. when you went like also maybe actually before we get there, like talk about the leap from leaving Google, which yeah. is, you know, a super prestigious company. Right. You know, stock options, free lunch, all that kind of stuff right. to doing your own thing. Right. Like, so, um, yeah, the pivot. I mean, like, as it sounds from our conversation so far, like, oh, yeah, it makes so much sense. It so was easy. So not linear. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, there was massive zigzags uh, along the way. So, you know, growing up in this family of lawyers and um, then going to law school and then practicing. And I graduated in 2008, which was kind of epically weird timing in any industry. But the legal industry was going through this massive change because of the the crash. It was the first time the industry really felt the pain of, of a recession or a downturn. Um, so I had this weird experience of being like a first year on the front lines at a law firm, but having, you know, 10 plus years of experience at a firm prior. Oh, I didn't think about that. So, you knew how law firms operate. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is weird. Like this is actually like overhead had been so drastically cut and staffing and like the amount of tasks the lawyer was responsible for were totally different than they had been a few years prior. And most other people working around me who were new like me were like, yeah, okay. Like that's, I guess this is how it is. And I was like, this is actually odd. The other thing I remember that I, I now find so funny is that you know, you get into a firm and you're first year and you are getting talked to about a seven year partnership track. And like, this is how you get there. And all the first years are in their suits and they're sitting there like nodding their heads. And then we'd go get a drink after work or something, get a coffee. And we'd all be like, I don't want to be a partner. Yeah, be yeah. Like, Me too. Yeah. Nobody, you know, that's half of it is like this 2008 change. And then the other half is like the millennial, you know, I'm a gray haired millennial, which is <laughs> 
kind of a funny, funny hanging like, on to the bottom rung yeah, of the yeah. ladder. Um, but this was like, that mentality was like, we're just doing it because like this industry hadn't changed. You th- they think we want to be partners and spend 20 years at this firm. And we're all like, we're just getting experience. Yeah, so we can yeah. figure out what we want to do. So I kind of rose through the ranks at two different firms and then ended up at Google actually was like super, I took like a really low level position at the legal department. Cause I was just like, I want to like, I'm burned out. Like yeah. I had, I'd had a couple of years of, of grinding and wanted to start a family and was just like, you know, it's this opportunity to take like a, you know, nine to five or, or eight to four. I mean, it's Google. You can choose your hours. This isn't the engineering department. It was actually yeah. like kind of chill compared to the big firms yeah. that I was at. And after spending, you know, a while there, I just figured out that I still wasn't happy. Like, and I, I just knew what a happy lawyer looked like. It's my parents. They're like the two oddest, happiest lawyers in the industry. And I was like, I don't feel like that. And I always thought that if I could get into one of these kind of amazing companies, then I was going to be happy. But if you're at, you know, Google, even, even in this kind of stress-free, you know, kind of a lowly cog position. Yeah. I was like, I'm just not, this is not the right profession for me and I got to get out. And so I left and everyone thought I was like totally nuts, but I just knew that I was really close to not being able to get out of the industry. Um, or at least of, of being a lawyer. And so the first thing that I wanted to do was something the complete opposite. I mean, I was just like, I'm not meant for this industry. I'm like the black sheep in the family. Everybody else loves it. My husband is also from a family of lawyers. Most of them love what they do. And I was just like, this is not right for me. I'm a consumer. Like yeah. I've always been a consumer. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to do something like sexy, like consumer stuff. Like, and that was really when you and I met yeah. was like, I want to do something that's like totally a problem that I as a consumer see and then I want to solve in that. And I was, it was, you know, at the stage of my life where I was having a, a family. And so that was kind of my real first dive into the entrepreneurial pool was, was doing something that was essentially like a rent the runway for high end stuff for your family. And it is, it's a, it is still a great idea. Um, it was a great idea that people just didn't use the way that they should have based on the need that was out there. So you could rent like strollers yeah. or rent like baby clothes or right. things that like you're only going to use for three right. months. Right. And like a lot of that gear that you literally need for like a month and the couple hundred bucks. Um, what was the URL? It was the best URL. Expectantly. Oh yeah. Oh, oh no, you're the other talking one. the first yeah. one. The first name for it was Foxy Mama. Foxy yeah. Mama. I want to buy that URL. <laughs> you and my dad like were like, I still I thought that Foxy Mama was a good idea. Um, and it was, those are all like really good ideas. And, and the good thing about that journey is that it actually got us into NFX Guild, which was kind of a total trajectory changing moment for us yeah. as a team. And they essentially trained us and mentored us and helped us figure out that that wasn't going to be, it was going to be yeah. a lifestyle business at best, that it's a hard, e-commerce is so hard to get investment, to get, especially when you don't have the background in that founder market fit that yeah. we all strive for and it was kind of like okay we have you know this capital that we've raised let me interject for a second yeah you actually built a prototype and ran a bunch of tests and oh, that's yeah. like the only i oftentimes people will come to me and say is this a good idea and mm-hmm. i'll be i'll be like i honestly i think it's whatever it is it's either a good or bad mm-hmm. idea but you you don't know until you actually build the prototype yep. and try it. and i've yep. done that in my i had a similar experience to you where i tried to build an online lending site and my my minimum viable product like people just didn't like it yeah and it was like this really tough moment but it's also kind of refreshing because you're like 
you make a $50,000 mistake and right. a one-year mistake exactly. instead of a 10-year mistake. Exactly. You know? And so kudos to you for actually going through that whole process, building it. Because I can, and I'm sure the audience can hear this, like you're very you're very peaceful about it. You're like, uh, it just yeah. didn't work, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I can't change, you're right, like how people are reacting. You know, I will say from that experience, you know, I wish I would have followed a little bit more of this kind of lean startup mentality of, it actually doesn't have to be perfect to get a pulse. Yeah. And I did have, especially in a consumer, it's like, but the, you know, the branding or this and that. And at the end, end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter how ugly it is if it converts. And if it, it's putting lipstick on a pig is not necessarily going to make people want the pig anymore. So yeah. now when people come to me and, and talk about ideas and the first thing I say is like, well, you should test it. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to work with this branding person. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, no. Like you could literally do something, you know, in Photoshop or, or whatever, just like pull something off the internet, make it as good as you can and go out there. If they love it, they're going to love it. And like for us, you know, so we, I, looking back, we spent too much time trying to make this a perfect experience yeah. without knowing, you know, it's like if you build if it, they will come. It, yeah. Like they're not going to necessarily just come. My favorite story about that, one of my other investments in my Ben's friend's partner, uh, Ben's, Ben mm, Munoz, mm-hmm. started literally started this company called Nadine West, which is doing really, really well. It's a it's a consumer subscription mm-hmm. service. He all he did was set up three different ideas and do Facebook ads. Yep. And the in the Nadine West Facebook yeah. ads converted. There were three completely different businesses. Yeah. No website, nothing. nothing. He just looked to see who was clicking. Yeah. And the conversion was out out astronomical yep. he's like okay that's the business I'm yeah gonna start. i actually do you i don't know if you remember but you introduced me to ben and oh, i went out to austin yeah. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. hung yeah. out with him and talked to him a little bit and saw their 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 facility yeah. um and he that's a really good example and yeah. like i met his, his business partner his girlfriend's name is nadine like they literally <laughs> were like this was a url that was available like they did not overthink it and totally. like so we you know when we build expectantly it had really good click-throughs that was the part oh, that was really confusing was that it tested like through the roof and then people wouldn't actually convert. And that was this, and then we had to go out. We actually went out in front of babies R us and would stand there with our iPad and just ask people questions. Like these so are a customer. Like, what do you guys, why wouldn't you use this? Why would you whatever? And what we found out was that there is this whole subset of the population that actually factor in the resale value on Craigslist when they buy it. A big, big, big portion. Wow. I didn't know that. We thought that that was more of a, like, I guess I'll do it when I'm done with it. They're actually looking at this as like, I'm going to get 30 or 40% of the retail value back. So in order for you to make this worth my while, you're going to have to actually save me that 30 or 40% plus an additional 30 or wow. 40%. So there was just things we learned that we had to like get out there and hit the pavement. Yeah, and then it was lesson. how to make it the decision fast. Yeah. So then, I mean, that's, that's amazing. So then, then you got into NFX, which yep. is a... Incubator, yeah, accelerator, kind yep, of thing. Yeah. exactly. Maybe James talk Courier. about that a little bit. In, in yeah, so there, um, I'm I'm obviously a huge fan of NFX Guild. Um, James Courier, who's kind of like legendary entrepreneur in, in the Valley, is one of the, the partners. Stan Chibnowski is his business partner and also NFX partner. He's now heading Facebook Messenger. He's had a product, oh. Facebook Messenger, um, and is just a brilliant engineer. Pete Flint, who's one of the founders of Trulia. And uh, Gigi Levy Weiss, who's just like one of the top Israeli investors, and they they have an investment hypothesis that if you don't have network effect at the core of your business, you just don't have a real business. And so, part of what was an issue with expectantly, and when we really dug in, is that there wasn't enough network effect. Yeah, 
that's one thing I love about Headnote is that there's this, this incredible network effect potential. Um, but NFX will accept, you know, very limited companies. You have to have an invite to be able to to apply. And I actually, you know, remember now I wrote to one of our, our one of our advisors, Porter Gale, um, who's the ex uh, CMO at Virgin and kind of this amazing connector, was like, "You should apply for this program." Um, and I was like, "Maybe I don't know. I don't know if it's our thing." And I'm busy and this and that. She was like, "You should think about it." And she said, Raj Kapoor, my friend Raj, can get you an invite code. They have like a mentor every uh, every class. So I wrote to Raj, who I did not know, um, who's now a really close friend and advisor to me. And he was the CEO of Snapfish. And he had started class, he had started FitMob, which merged with ClassPass. He's now the chief strategy officer at Lyft. You know, did not know him from Adam and just wrote to him to just kind of ask if I could get the invite code. And he said, okay. And you know, I went through the interview process and I remember my last one was with James Courier, who's the sweetest guy you, you'll ever know, but he's can be a real tough cookie. And he just kind of leaned <laughs> I can, back. I already know what's coming. It's going to be great. Put yeah. his, put his hands behind his head, kind of like, you know, chilling out. And he said, I, I don't know what to do with you. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? I just met him. And he's like, at the time there was me and two other co-founders. He said, you guys are three, not so young, non-techies. And I just don't know what to do with you. <laughs> and, it was underlying like the, he's already knew, like he didn't think the model yeah. would work. Kind oh of thing. Yeah. yeah. And he did say to me, how long are you going to go try for this business? And I was like, as long as it takes. And now I know that was like totally the wrong answer because the, the right answer is until I know it's not going to work and then I'm going to f- be resilient and figure out what my yeah. next thing is. Yeah. But yeah, that was like, that ended up being a huge thing for us. They helped us learn so much they helped us figure out what we were really good at and like headnote was a direct response to that so how did so like yeah how did this go was it like two months at nfx and then you figure it out or tell me give me the time man that was a stressful summer uh let me tell you that that was last summer it was the longest Uh, summer there is just nothing like social pressure uh, to really i mean that's the basis of law school right like socratic method you prepare because there's a small chance, but real chance that you will get called on in front of your peers and you will look like an idiot that applied to NFX completely. Like it's a very intensive program in Palo Alto. You know, it ends up being four or five days a week. And then in between that, you're doing the things you talk about to test. God forbid you go back two days later without data. Like this is not a, like, we'll try it next week. It's like leave right now and go try that. So it really taught us about speed and we learned pretty quickly that it, this was not going to work. And like, you know, they did not say to us, this isn't going to work. They were like, this is a little is- bit like being a parent. Like you want your kids to figure it out on their own. Exactly. Kind of thing. I, and like, yeah. it's your decision, what you want to make, what it's yeah. your call, what decision you want to make with this info. Yeah. Um, and so they were very like nice and gentle like that, but they also were kind of like, yeah, you guys do what you want. And you're just probably not going to get as much of their attention until you, figure out something that's interesting to yeah. them. And so right away we kind of figured out, we did the testing, we did it and we were like, shit, this is just, it's just not converting. Like it's this great idea that everybody loves, but nobody's using. And anyone who has kids is like, God, I wish I would have had that. But then when you're in the moment, there's all these different behaviors we learned about that result in you yeah. not really wanting to change your behavior that much. Yeah. And changing a user's behavior is the hardest thing that you can yeah. do. I think we all know. And Me- so, meanwhile, you got these poor lawyers not getting paid. Right. For, meanwhile, for there's three months. A $437 billion industry that's just sitting there like, no one knows anything about why this is like this. And I have now what we refer to as domain expertise, but I'm pushing away. And at the same time, even when I met you, I kept saying, 
when people say, what do you do? I'd say, oh, I'm a lawyer, but now I'm, I'm doing this. Like I couldn't mentally break away from this identity that I had wrapped. My identity was wrapped up in it. I wasn't ready to leave all the way. I just kind of needed a break or, yeah. and so when the opportunity came up, that was like, okay, what do we know? And what are we really good at? And what, you know, what pain have we seen? It was so obvious that it was the legal industry. It was like, I cannot believe that we have been grinding at something that we are learning on our feet. Yeah. Like don't learn on your feet. My, my story is so similar to yours in that I was doing a job. I liked doing venture lending at lighthouse, but like I was never really that fulfilled. I know. And I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, so I knew exactly what an entrepreneur is like and Vanessa was doing it. And I was just not like that rewarded. And, but I knew the pain points on the other side cause I had been negotiating against mm-hmm. startup CFOs yeah. and I saw how, <laughs> how shitty everything was and how chaotic all the financials were. And I was like, you know, and I was telling Vanessa this constantly. I was like, you should start your own business. You should yeah. do this. You can kick ass. And then finally she got it to a point where I, you know, she's the risk taker mm-hmm. I, and I joined her later, but I was like, I, I feel so much more rewarded cause I'm doing, I'm helping the people who needed the help and I'm doing, we're doing it in an incredible way where it's really benefiting them. And it's like, I was just like you, I was like the industry I was in. I just need to be on the other side of the yeah. industry, you know, it's so, it's so similar to tweak you. it a little yeah, bit. Exactly. And now I'm like, Oh, I'm so at home. I, yeah. I really like, I, I know this stuff in my bones and I like love this customer. It's the customer that raised it's me. Parents, like, this right? is yeah. my life. Yeah. Like, uh, I've spent more time around lawyers than anyone else my whole yeah. life. So I, I know how they think and I know the vendors and I just, I know how, all of these pieces fit in with different personalities gravitate towards different kinds of work. Yeah. Like, so now it like all makes sense, but there was a definitely that period of like a year that, you know, looking back was this, this blip of like, why would I do that? But it, it, it got me, it was another step in the, yeah. in the path. And then once you can commit to an idea it's it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent committed and it's working, they, every day you just wake up and you're like, you know exactly what you're going to do that yeah. day. The most exciting, the most like, scary stressful and exciting uh thing every single day yeah. like we you know <laughs> closed a pretty you know for industry standards nice size seed round with the top tier investor that i have not announced so i'm not going to talk about it which you and i have talked about and you know but like you know you get to that the next thing you wanted and now it's like i got there and now there's just so much more to do but like this was part of my dream was yeah. just to get here so how can you not be happy every yeah. day uh, that's awesome well, it's an awesome story. I, I, I sincerely like, I'm so excited for lawyers to have access to this tool because yeah. it's like, I just see it. I don't know. I honestly don't know how they fund the working capital on these businesses. It's Sounds gotta be it's horrible. Insane. Yeah. The whole so, thing's terrible. It's just going to make everyone's life. So, and the idea that you can approve, um, we actually instituted something like that. Like mm-hmm. we make people email us back yeah. and say, this is approved now. I've noticed that you do that, yeah. but then it also says if you don't approve this in 30 days, it's automatically going to exactly, go forward, right? which and is awesome. Yeah. It's like, there's no reason for the stuff to sit out there for three months. It's yep. just, and people, people tend to kind of postpone whatever they don't need to deal with. So exactly. this is awesome. You're doing this. So one, one other thing, uh, we've been going for a while, but I want to talk about the husband and wife. <laughs> yeah. So you, so yeah. Thorn, great guy. Yeah. So how is it working together? What have you learned about each other? Oh man. I mean, this it's is a loaded question. Cause I right. have a strong opinions on this. It's great. Um, most people like, and I'm sure you get this all the time are like, that's so great. You guys do that. I would never want to do that with my wife, with my husband. 
I will say that I met, you know, Kevin Hart's kind of early in this journey, you know, within maybe a year ago or so, nine months ago, and and him and his wife Julia started Eventbrite and are this like oh, yeah. insanely amazing couple. I've, I've heard also, really good things about them. They're awesome. I mean, I don't know her. He's great. And Cyan Bannister, I've met, and and her and Scott have had this great. Yeah. So I'm I have a thing with um, has my wife teams uh, Theo and Kara who started Hint Water. Like there's these amazing the house team or husband and wife yeah so that's happening more and more um so it's less like strange but i'll tell you i've been in meetings at like two three partner meetings in and some you know partner will be oh like i didn't notice that before that's a deal breaker for us and i'm like no problem i wish that i i always mention it in the first meeting yeah whether people hear it or not and and i would rather know right then too because like it's to me like we're all in like this is the deal breaker thing i think is uh a mistake in that I can see it being a deal breaker. We actually just talked about this at Lighthouse. You, you worry that like someone could be stealing money or something like mm-hmm. that. There's no, if there's, if, someone's not performing, like, are yeah. you really going to get rid of, are you really yeah. going to find someone else for that role? Yeah. But if you work with like an independent accounting firm like us, you know, yeah. then, then, then there's no stealing money. No. We know exactly what's going on. And they, so it just, it seems like that's an old fashioned way of looking yeah. at it. Um, yeah. But it is stressful. It's hard. I mean, it's it's th- really hard. So did you guys go through like any moments where you're like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, so the thing with us is that Thornton had spent the 10 years prior to us starting our own company working at startups, varying levels of success. Some he started himself. Some he was a very early employee. Some had exits. Some... You know, they literally would like shutter the doors like one day because Google started doing this and like we got to shut oh, down. God. So we saw kind of the whole roller coaster. It wasn't just good stuff. Yeah. You and knew what you were getting into. Knew what we were getting into. But I just watched from the sidelines for 10 years and was like, that just seems so exciting. So he was really like what inspired me to to, to have the courage to do it. Awesome. Um, and so for us, it was very much like it wasn't an accident. It was like we want to start something together. Yeah. We've. We met when we were 18 in college. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yep. We were friends for like six or seven years before we started dating. Good oh. friends. And then dated, moved in like within six months, dated, never, ever broke up anything, got married. You know, we've been married five years. It's 12 years we've been dating with a son. It's like we went from friends to, you know, dating to husband and wife to parents to business partners. It's just like another yeah. hat. Yeah. Um, and another way to get to know each other, but it's hard. And like, you know, I tell people very openly, like we have a, a coach that we see together because I was going to ask that question. Cause yeah. actually Vanessa and I did some of that last year and it was very helpful. Hugely helpful. The, ha- the happiest I think I've been was walking out of some of those meetings mm-hmm. because you, what I found, are you guys like this where I found that, uh, a, you know, your personal life bleeds into the business life, mm-hmm. but it was more of a, more of a learning how to work with each other and learning how to hear each other. Yep. Um, and learning how to fight in a productive mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Like it's a weird concept, but it's actually true. Yeah. Like, and so we had the coach who I, the coach would ask me a question or ask Vanessa a question and she would answer. And I wouldn't quite understand what Vanessa was saying. And mm-hmm. he would, the coach would explain what she said to me. And uh-huh. I'd be like, Oh, that makes oh, perfect sense. Yeah. That's how I feel too. Yeah. It's totally like marriage counseling. And it's then like it was the same way the other way. Different processing speeds. Like yeah. you have to be able to respect that sometimes someone's like, I'm just not at your speed right now. I need to like take my time to do it. Cause then you'll have that moment of like, get there, like, yeah. get there where I am. Yeah. And so it's super helpful. Yeah. We're super proactive in that way. Like nip it in the bud yeah. and, and 
it's definitely That's something great. to be proud of, I think. And you know, the other interesting thing is uh, you're like the front person mm-hmm. for Hedna. Yeah. And Vanessa is our, she's the founder. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't she's even the front think person for us, too. Right. So there's always, do you find, I actually, it happens way less now, but sometimes we've, it happened in the early days, we'd sit in a meeting mm-hmm. and whoever the CEO was, they, they'd be looking at me. Yeah. And it would be so uncomfortable totally. for both of us because yeah. I'd be like, this, this person, like, I was like, I would be like, <laughs> Vanessa, the founder of the company, the CEO, and that actually created some problems for us too because yeah. she would be like, "I don't understand why these people are yeah. asking you this question when I'm clearly the one who actually knows what I'm talking about." And I'm Absolutely, like, yeah, I don't know either. Um, it's not my fault, you know. Absolutely, and I think like, you know, I was just talking with somebody else about this um, a day or two ago. Yeah, and he. I think there's like this, you start trying to exude a little bit more masculine energy when you're like in those meetings. Um, And then you have to figure out how to kind of like turn that off when you're at home. Yeah. Because like, you know, we have a really balanced relationship. People probably would be really surprised to know that at home, like it's pretty much like mostly Thornton's world and like I'm living in it. Like, and then at work, like, yeah, like, you know, we're trying to work together and it's very much like deferential to a the lawyer right like he grew up in a family of lawyers too and worked at their firms yeah so he knows this customer really well but at the end of the day if it comes down to like what do lawyers say how do they talk what what would they call this like that's that's a serious question yeah Yeah. we're the same way I don't know. I don't know if I quite have. I don't think it's Scott's world at home. Still, <laughs> I'm sure Thorne would be like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, right." Uh, uh, that's really cool. Well, I hope more. I, I, the cool thing about being a found, uh, husband wife team is that people come see, seek you out and actually tell you their stories, and I like that. And it's cool to see more people starting businesses together. Yeah. I w- Vanessa always says because we're gonna have kids eventually. She, I'm always like, how wh- how level of like intensity is the kids versus this? And she's like, oh. After this, the kid will be easy. Yeah. Like, I mean, you guys is, will be fine. This is way harder. Like, it's... Yeah. I hope. So, um, okay. Well, we got to wrap it up. Tell everyone where they can find Head Note and just kind of give the quick pitch Absolutely. Again. Yeah. If you are somebody in the legal industry, an attorney, a client, or a vendor that wants to have more transparency and do what you're paying for or speed up your payment times and automate collections and everything else you hate about your job, then go to headnote.com um, or send me an email directly, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at headnote.com. And uh, or live chat us on our website. Love it. Head note, huge fan. Uh, I am an investor. Vanessa's an investor, but we we see this pain point. It's huge. People need to solve. I'm so glad you're solving it. You're you're bringing joy. You're allowing lawyers to pay their mortgages. This is amazing. Like Great. just this cash conversion cycle needs to be fixed. This Absolutely. Is huge. Awesome. All right, Sarah. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, Scott. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.